0: Listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Wherever you are on planet Earth, wherever you are in the USA, you are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Hey, welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. I don't. I never really like calling it a show. That goes back to the years where I hosted the Paul McGuire Show. And 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 show is fine. It's just that show carries the baggage of, like, you know, make-believe, hype, show business as an entertainment business. But for lack of better word, but I don't like program either because program sounds so regimented, so like like a uh, flow chart or something. It's too programmed. It's like programming a computer. It's too rigid. It's a rigid structure. And show is is like show business, hype hoopla. So, wherever you are on planet Earth, (laughs) welcome to reality. And, And the question is, what reality are you living in? Are you living in the reality that's really real and true? What the great theologian Dr. Francis Schaeffer called final reality. And by that, he meant whether or not you believe in it, whether or not the scientists believe in it. Final reality does not necessitate the voting percentage, the approval of anybody to be reality. Final reality is based on truth, and final reality is real reality versus, especially in our time, the the opposite, which would be a matrix reality, uh, a virtual reality, um, and and the metaverse and many spin-offs. So. I want to welcome you. It's a little little awkward, but I'm going to play with it. Uh, I'm going to welcome you to the real reality, which is final reality. Final not in the the sense of uh, its ending, because real reality, which is final reality, is eternal, because the truth about real reality is this. Real reality is not only true. It's a truth that sets you free versus an illusion, versus a spiritual deception, versus a lie as, as in the serpent of old, as in Satan, the father of lies, or Lucifer, who is also a liar. Real reality is the way the reality, the multidimensional reality that we live in really exists. So I want to welcome you this is a long ramp up isn't it sorry i want to welcome you to real reality where you will have i promise you you will have an encounter with truth and the encounter with truth you have is just not experiential like it's just not a trip or a high or a mystical bliss state you know what i'm saying like it's not like a psychedelic drug drug trip or a a, a meditative uh mantra state real reality is You connecting in truth to this, the real world we live in. Now, there are powerful forces in our world that are doing everything that they possibly can to divert billions of people away from understanding, from receiving what could be called final reality or real reality or true reality. And every day, you and I are. Bombarded were, were subjected to a blitzkrieg. A blitzkrieg is a military operation that the Nazis engaged in other armies engaged in and in a blitzkrieg, you basically unleash hell upon your enemies in the form of airplanes, jets, bombs, nukes, suitcase nukes, soldiers, submarines uh missiles. And on and on and on and on. And it's an unrelentless attack. A blitzkrieg is designed to overwhelm your enemy, break the back of your enemy so you can be victorious. And if you're on the right side of the moral equation in the universe, and you can deny all you want, the fact that there is a moral equation in the universe. But nevertheless, there is a moral equation of the universe. It goes like this: the infinite personal living God of the universe in his construction of the universe, because he is truth and he's the creator, capital C. He constructed the universe and placed in the heart and mind of every man and woman alive an innate knowledge of an absolute right and an absolute wrong based on the Word of God. Now, mankind, especially in our time period, the last days, mankind is in this suicidal mass collective denial mass collective rebellion against the truth. And the problem is that when you start to rebel against the truth in any form, whether it's in the form of absolute right or absolute wrong, and and you you reject it, or if you reject the truth uh, in terms of your comprehensive perception of how did this reality that you and I live in arrive. How did the human race, men and women, how did we get here? And so on and so forth. So once again, you, I, and everybody alive is confronted with the choice. You can reject the truth regarding final reality. And and the truth of final reality is that final reality, everything that is, life itself, men and women, all of creation, was created by the Creator God, capital C. And he is, he exists, and he is the infinite, personal, living God of the universe. That is the truth that sets you free. Now, opposing the truth is a spectrum of satanic deception, satanic lies that birth uh, what the Bible calls satanic strongholds. And remember, a stronghold is a satanically energized thought, it's a satanically energized. Ideology. It's a satanically energized belief system of some kind. It's a satanically energized religion or maybe a mystical experience. A stronghold is not merely a lie in your mind, in your thoughts, in your thinking. A stronghold is far more powerful than that. It is deeply embedded in your consciousness and in your mind, uh, both neurologically and spiritually. It's deeply embedded in you if you allow it to, and it's not just embedded by uh, allegedly, you know. You heard the facts, and and now you know, hallelujah! You see the like light. Charles Darwin is the prophet, and and the truth is that we all uh, came into being, mankind, the human race, came into being after two hundred million years of random chance evolution. You know, hallelujah it's a religion Darwin, uh, Darwinian evolution is a religion it's a false religion but it's also a lie. very important it is also a lie because when you do the hard scientific examination, when you demand the empirical evidence that the scientific method requires to validate the theory of evolution and by the uh, theory of evolution and by way by the way it's still called the theory because there is no proof to prove the theory of evolution. So uh, in all these years after Darwin's theory, the origin of of a species, the the proponents of evolution, the priests of this new religion, have never, ever come up with uh, scientific evidence, uh, archaeological evidence, biological evidence in the form of fossils, which are the leftover remains which theoretically should contain genetic material, that prove that over a long period of time, well, let's say hypothetically, once upon a time, there was a pebble in orbit around the Earth. And after 40 million years, the pebble uh, receiving the heat of the sun uh, spontaneously uh, evolves from non-life to a kind of living pebble, which might be Uh, A living microorganism or an amoeba or whatever. And then, all through random chance and accidental encounters going on for 200 million years, you have all these species that mysteriously appear, and then, according to the evolutionary priests, they mysteriously appear and they mysteriously evolve. Well, if that's true, then you have the right to expect and demand scientific evidence of that proof. Otherwise, you're just preaching a religion. You're not, you're not communicating science. Science is based and built on the scientific method and empirical evidence. In other words, you can come up with evidence that proves your theory, and it's not subjective evidence. So they have collected approximately 80 million fossil records. And yet they have never, among the 80 million fossil records that they've discovered, they have never, ever come up with what they call the missing link. In other words, archeolo- not archaeological, biological evidence in the form of fossils or the discovery that the discovering the frozen body of a human, you know, deep under Antarctica or the Arctic or uh, in some frozen cave or whatever. Or, 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 an animal, or, a, or a, a dinosaur-like creature. None of these discoveries of man frozen, et cetera, where the DNA was discovered. They never discovered the link between these beings that that are not that are clearly not Homo sapien. They're not human beings. They're they're pre-human beings. Under various names, they're ape-like creatures. They are pre-human beings, but when you examine their DNA, when you examine their genetic code, they are distinctly not human beings. They are a completely different species from human. They are they're different varieties of pre-human beings. So, if you go through the 80 million fossil records that they have, you will never find a genetic link between All these creatures they've discovered, you never find the genetic link that shows an evolutionary spiral upward. You never see evidence of of these primitive species evolving into certifiable DNA and genetic men and women. So, bottom line, it's a bankrupt theory. It's been bankrupt for probably, well, it was bankrupt the day the day that he concocted it. And the Huxleys were involved, by the way, in the concoction. Because you see, the globalist elite, the Luciferian elite, the, the, the satanic elite, they needed, in order to destroy Christianity, which was one of their primary end games, because they are occultists, they are Satanists, they are Luciferians. And so out of necessity, they could not allow the Bible and its, its uh, revelation of uh, creation, as depicted in in the book of Genesis and other parts of the Bible, they could not allow that to stand in culture, society, and especially in the hearts and minds of children and men and women, so they had to methodically destroy it, and so they methodically destroyed it by coming up with a fictional counter religion where they made man God, and they invented out of thin air this ridiculous notion of evolution and so it's not an accident that these satanists and luciferians etc uh aggressively purged the school systems the universities the media the scientific institutions etc cetera, etc cetera. they purged all of those institutions of any believers in Christ and the word of god they purged all those institutions of any person any book any any research any evidence that would challenge the mythology of evolution so where we are today is that nobody nobody who has any brains in the scientific community really believes in classical darwinian evolution the only people who seem to believe in classical darwinian evolution are the people who are getting government grants or grants from private institutions controlled by the globalist elite, or who are people that uh, are connected to major universities uh, like, you know, MIT, Stanford, and places like that, or or people that are connected to the, the uh, the globalist establishment, and people that are connected to, well, all the educational institutions. It is only in the environment of the educational institutions and some of these fossilized scientific institutions, no pun intended, uh, that, that Darwinian evolution still can even manage to exist. Because if you look at Darwinian evolution through the lens of its own uh, holy scriptures, Darwin stated in his writings and his, his research. Darwin stated that the primary tenets of evolution are things like might makes right only the fittest will survive and that's the, that's the law of the jungle that evolution is built on a cruel non-personal system where sheer power in the form of a more powerful animal or a more powerful human being is able to destroy and subjugate a lesser powerful human being and then they hide all the dirty little secrets of evolution from the masses and the major dirty little secret of evolution that they hide from the masses is the fact that if you really understand evolution and you really believe in evolution evolution in and of itself is a is a totally racist scientific theory which directly implies that there are genetically superior races, as in a master race, and genetically inferior races, as in inferior races. So the whole Nazi master race ideology, which was first promoted by the Rockefellers and the the Rockefeller Rockefeller finance laboratories that financed uh, radical experiments on Eugenics and and uh, genetic modification and genetic engineering. Hitler copied all that research and and conducted it in Nazi Germany. And he had a, a an occultic, and this is quite common. The real belief system is not scientific; it's occultic. Hitler and the other evolutionists had an occultic belief that there was a genetic DNA master race. For Hitler. The master race was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed ubermensch, or Superman, who was genetically superior. And, you know, they came from, supposedly, according to Hitler's Nazi genetic scientists, they came from places like uh, Norway and Sweden and and that entire region. And their characteristics were uh, gray eyes, blue eyes in a variety of shades, uh, uh, high... Levels of intelligence, strength, immune systems. And Hitler believed that these people constituted the master race. And it it was his desire to kill off all the inferior races. And on the top of his list, in terms of Hitler's inferior races, as well as the uh, eugenic scientists in America, on the top of their list of inferior races were uh, African Americans, Hispanics. Uh, And others. And uh, they believe that that's why Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, who was financed by the eugenicists, she strategically and deliberately placed the vast majority of her abortion clinics in black or Hispanic neighborhoods because she wanted to radically reduce the population of African-Americans and Hispanics you don 't hear any of that, of course that's that's covered up, okay, so the elite of this world still believe in might makes right and the concept of a master race and the other naked truth that you need to understand is that they radically perceive themselves as the embodiment of this master race. they see themselves as genetically superior men and women who because might makes right because of their uh, Uh, Self perceived superiority in science and technology and physical strength and IQ and all kinds of things. They believe that they're the the, the master race that has the genetic right to rule over mankind. And therefore, in our time period with the Great Reset, where you see uh, what was formerly called the New World Order, a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economic system. Has now been rebranded as the Great Reset. And uh, you see that the Great Reset, one of the the, the main uh, cornerstones of the Great Reset is that they are systematically euthanizing or killing off, or at least allegedly killing off, uh, what some people allege will eventually be billions of people by using uh, allegedly scientific technologies whose primary purpose, allegedly, is to kill off the more undesirable races, according to them, and allow the master race to rule and reign over the rest of mankind and all of planet Earth. That's why their goal on the Georgia Guidestones was to reduce the Earth's population as fast as possible, from 7 billion people down to 500 million people. They, they, they want a master race of rulers, and the rest of us, we are going to be, it's their plan that we are going to be the slaves of this self-aggrandized master race. You understand this, right? You don't understand this, You need to understand it, and I explain it in simple terms and documentation in my books, like *The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World*, *A Prophecy of the Future of America*, Volume One and Two. Let's see, *The Warning*, *The Day the Dollar Died*. Are you ready? Power from on high. Man, I am. I am. I am giving away these books at the at the lowest cost I possibly can, and I'm also. We are. This ministry is paying. For your postage. Oh, yeah, you'll see a place for postage, but we've reduced the price of the book to cover the postage. So yes, you'll see a postage in the calculation of your bill, but the price of the books have been reduced so much that they that they balance out and kind of gobble up the postage. So well, that's because I want to see the information and the content distributed as fast as possible while there's still time. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire report on Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And we will be back in just a moment to expose the master plan that is underway right now and why it is accelerating and what we must do if we, if we are to really be the people that claim we love Jesus Christ, if we are to really be the people who would ask, what would Jesus do if we are to really be the people that uh, claim that Jesus is our Lord, and we claim that we're born again and the Spirit of God lives in us, if we are to really, really be the people who claim to be the sons and daughters of God because we put our faith in Jesus Christ, then the people in this dark world have a right To look upon our lives and see an observable difference between us and them in the way we think, the way we act, our belief system, and so on and so forth. Because, due to the censorship uh, unleashed upon all of us by the globalist elite, you and I are often the only books, the only program, the only communication these people will ever receive about these subjects is going to come through interacting with us and interacting with us on many levels. We we are designed by God to, to shine as the light of Jesus Christ in this dark world. And the light has always conquered the darkness, always. And in this battle as well, the light will conquer the darkness, and by the time it's all over, when Christ returns to earth, you you will see, I will see the ultimate triumph of Jesus Christ, the light of God, the light of the world, over the darkness. So Revelation teaches that in in the final showdown between God and the devil and, and the whole thing, the light conquers the darkness. The truth conquers the lies. And nothing, 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 nothing on heaven or earth can stop the reality of that. Nothing. And so we're to, to position ourselves and, and brace ourselves in the security of those truths and allow the Spirit of God to pour in us the Spirit of joy, because the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that joy flows from a robust understanding of the truth. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. So the globalist elite, the World Economic Forum, WEF, the heads of the World Economic Forum, like the man whose family were Nazis and owned a powerful business which sold very important materials to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, and that's Klaus Schwab. There are numerous Nazis in this globalist elite community, if you will. Now, their their intellectual poster boy, Harari, uh, is, is very outspoken. He's kind of in love with himself, but at least he doesn't blow smoke in your eyes. If you listen carefully, he's telling you exactly what they are doing, the globalist elite. And ex- he's telling you openly exactly what they plan to do. So I'm going to play a little, little clip for you, and I want you to listen very carefully. They're not hiding anything. You need to hear... The one thing that people need to learn about history, and you hear historians talk about this over and over again, those that uh, those that are, fail to learn The lessons of history are doomed to repeat them again. That never stops. If you do not learn the lessons of history, because by the way, you never bothered to read history, you are damned. You are doomed to repeat the horror, the mistakes of previous generations. So listen carefully for what they have planned for you. They're not playing games. And I I really want to emphasize this they're not playing games. They are in the process of doing this now. And there's more to come. So let's listen to Harari, the, the, the key intellectual leader slash visionary of the WEF. So many humans for. When asked if he has any answers to that question, Harari appears amused. Watch this. The big political and economic question of the 21st century will be, what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, At present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Okay. That's what the globalist elite, the satanic elite, Orari and the others, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, they have been openly, this is nothing new, among the elitist circles, they have been saying this kind of verbiage over and over again for hundreds of years. And in the last 75 years, they have said it constantly. So they're in no way hiding from you or hiding from people or hiding from Christians. They're in no way hiding the the darkness of their evil, wicked plans. First, he acknowledges that they believe we have way too many people. Well, we know what they're in the process of doing about their perception that we have way too many people. Bill Gates, the World Health Organization. All the other nexus of globalist institutions like the United Nations, they are using biological pandemics to, to accomplish their end game. And their end game, they promoted openly on the Georgia Guidestones, which they recently blew up. But on the Georgia Guidestones, it said that the earth presently has 7 billion people. And their goal is to reduce the Earth's population from 7 billion people to 500 million people as fast as possible. So, how do you do that? Well, when you read the writings of these guys and some girls, and I have their quotes in my books for you, I've, I've done the homework. They come out openly and they say the fastest way to reduce the Earth's population uh, by 6.5 billion people is through. Biological warfare, man made plagues, um, uh, chemical warfare, nuclear warfare, World War III, and so on. Mass death. So, what was the real purpose in the vaccination? And where did this COVID 19, and they keep changing the name and there's a new one out now, where did all this stuff come from? Well, as I was preparing for today's program in the studio and Rereading some of my earlier books. And it just blows my mind when I reread my earlier books and see that the, the, the truth that I put in my books, I could have lit- literally written yesterday or the day before. That's how up to date they are. And I remember every inch of the way being fought. And no, I shouldn't say that. There were a lot of people who encouraged me, a lot of people who read my books, and they, their lives were changed forever because they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior from reading my books. And so I'm thankful enormously for that. But there has always been a militant contingent, both Christian and atheist, who, who have attempted to silence me and censor me uh, using every trick under the sun, primarily mar- marginalization, uh, ridicule, saying that what I'm saying is outrageous it couldn't possibly be true. Well, guess what, Chuck E. Cheese? Guess what? What I wrote as a copyright date. All my books have copyright dates, and my articles, even my uh, messages and TV appearances and radio programs, they all have a date, and they're copyrighted. So it's no, it's no mystery or amb- ambiguity when I said something because it's recorded. So when I wrote my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America. Uh, the copyright date is, where is it, blah, 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 2013. And in this book, and then this is volume one, A Prophecy of the Future of America, and there's volume two, I talk about all the stuff that all the Johnny-come-latelys, are, have all the Johnny-come-latelys who finally woke up, and I thank God for them. I, I, I'm a little bit satirical, but ultimately I thank God for them. Ultimately, I rejoice that they finally woke up, because for crying out loud, myself and uh, a small percentage of others, we gave our lives to plant the seeds of truth in this population. So I thank God that they're now saying what I'm saying and what others have said. There weren't many of us, and they're shouting it from the housetops. So I rejoice in that, and I I pray for them that God will bless their efforts. I don't care who gets the credit. When we cross over into eternity, the only credit you, you need to care about and I need to care about is, is the favor of Jesus Christ. I mean, this world, in, in case you haven't read your Bible, planet Earth eventually is going to burn up. It's going to self-destruct. So if, if you're expecting a monument to yourself to be built down here on Earth, an Earth that is a transitory at best, you're an idiot. And so I decided not to be an idiot. And get my thinking in line with the Word of God. my interest is not uh, trying to be famous. You know how stupid that is to try to be famous in, in a finite world by the time I mean millions of people know about me and stuff like that. okay, so big deal. In heaven it won't mean anything. Nobody will remember. so why waste time trying to get the credit? The only credit I want is the favor of Jesus Christ. I wanna, I want to have him look into my eyes. And say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant," because you know and I know that any of the stuff that we do out of a pure heart—that's what we get rewarded for. If if we're looking to have our egos built up or or you know have people praise us, you we, we get our reward down here. The problem with getting your reward down here is that your life down here is over in the blink of an eye. So I decide that you know, God purges us all at different times of our foolishness and our carnality. But I thank God that he dealt with me in this area. And, uh, and, and he's dealt with many of you in this area, too. And the, the reward you're looking for is the one that he gives out. Okay, that's that's when you're finally going to get the payday. That's when you're going to get paid what you deserve, and you're going to get rewarded for what you don't deserve, because God is good. Okay, so th- this guy is is saying what the, the globalist elite, I've been writing about it for, for decades. He's saying it's their plan to control the masses with computer games and drugs. So if you want to know why America has not only a, a drug epidemic among the youth and adults, and why people are addicted to computer games and, and stuff like that, that's a, it's part of a plan. It's intentional. It's to keep people's brains occupied. To, to keep them, to use his words, in a stupor so they can control and conquer the world. So so you see, um, the, the globalist elite are long-term thinkers, and so their game plan is, okay, we'll get everybody addicted to drugs, legal and illegal, and then we'll get everybody addicted to computer games and stuff like that. They'll all be too busy playing their games, etc., to notice that we are in the process of we're telling them that we're, that we're going to give them heaven on earth. And because they don't read history, because they don't think, because they don't study, they actually believe our lie. And they're laughing privately. They're laughing their heads off. They have no intention of giving us heaven on earth or paradise on earth or utopia on earth. That is the exact same words the communist revolutionaries used and the Marxist revolutionaries used. And what did they bring in? A violent, bloody, totalitarian dictatorship where they slaughtered hundreds of millions of people, starved them to death, put them in concentration camps, did not deliver on the health care promises, did not deliver on the food promises, did not deliver on the opportunity promises. Hey, guess what? Wake up and smell the coffee. They didn't deliver on any of their promises. Instead of bringing heaven on earth, the communist and Marxist and socialist revolutionaries brought, yes, you got it, hell on earth. Every nation that, that bought into this lie got hell on earth. Look at the actual uncensored video footage, the uncensored photographs, the the uncensored testimonies of the people who have escaped from the communist and dictatorship nations. They know what hell on earth smells like, looks like, and feels like. Okay, so uh, Aldous Huxley wrote about this whole scenario in his book, Brave New World, which I read when I was uh, in third grade, and it changed my life. And in Brave New World, Aldous Huxley talked about the creation of a scientific dictatorship, where this scientific dictatorship would control the masses with drugs, mind control, sex, um, and, and technology, and brainwashing. And they would be, according to Aldous Huxley, so efficiently brainwashed. That they would not even know they were brainwashed. And they would learn to, as Huxley wrote in his book, Break New World, they would learn to literally love their slavery, love their servitude. They would learn to love their slavery. They would learn to love being slaves because the brainwashing would be so efficient that they would be programmed to actually love their slavery. And they would not even be conscious of the fact that they were slaves, which is the exact same paradigm that Arari was talking about, that they're going to program everybody. They're going to put people into a stupor with, with computer games and drugs. And, and yet at the same time, they go around saying this utopian nonsense, which the communists and Marxist revolutionaries used to use. They say things, outrageous lies like, you're going to own... They're basically saying, if, if you let go and let us take over and run the world... You, you will own absolutely nothing. And they're telling you the truth. You will own absolutely nothing. Never forget, these people have multiple palaces and mansions and private submarines and private yachts and that they own acreage that's mind-blowing. These people are not just billionaires and trillionaires. These people have such a, a massive wealth that is passed on generationally That is in it is in the trillions of dollars that's so high uh, that it's hard for us to comprehend because we don't even have a microscopic portion of that wealth. And so they will continue to accumulate wealth. Now, if, if they really believed in, in what they're telling us, they wouldn't want to keep their wealth. Well, they do, they, they do everything they can to keep their wealth. You touch their wealth, you'll be dead, or thrown in prison, or a concentration camp. They go around saying, you'll own absolutely nothing, okay? And then they say, but you'll never be happier in your whole life. That's a total lie. It's just as much a lie as when the communists came into Russia and China and other places and promised the people, we're going to create a worker's paradise. We're going to give you heaven on earth. We're going to uh, redistribute the wealth fairly, give you great health care, give you great free education. You'll have incredible opportunities. You'll never be happier in your whole life. And all of it were poisonous lies. The truth of the matter is, and I record it and document it in my book, and it's really hard to get the accurate numbers on it because there's a yeah, there's a conspiracy to cover up the death toll that these communists and Marxists and utopians have unleashed generation after generation. You want to know what really happened? Read my books. They will blow your mind. I guarantee you, you didn't read about it in high school or college or university. That's hidden from you. You're listening to the Paul McGuire report, I'm gonna give you. Some of this documentation, and let's just let it roll. Okay, we'll be back in a second. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. One of the things that I've been struggling with the most for all my life, and especially in the last number of decades, is that I have come to understand by the grace of God that we all live in a dimension of reality in which all of us, none of us have escaped this. All of us have been programmed with a deeply embedded mental block. Now, I I referred to the mental block as a stronghold, which is a satanically energized thought, ideology, or belief system. So this mental block is both a mental block on a psychological level, and it's also a stronghold, satanically energized. So we all go through school Blah, 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 blah. Some of us get different degrees at different levels. But the combination of the educational system, the mass media, television, the news industry, government, propaganda, social engineering, and so on and so forth, exposure to books, movies, radio, TV, et cetera, et cetera, we all walk away and continue to live in a reality where, whether we realize it or not, we have been heavily programmed. To believe certain things. And and so we have deliberately embedded mental blocks against believing other things. So, for example, I have discovered that within myself and everybody that I've ever met, whether they know it or not, they have inside of themselves a mental block or a very powerful internal resistance to accepting new and different ideas, even when these new and different ideas are rooted and grounded in objective scientific truth. They are ultimately rational, logical. Uh, They uh, uh, operate within the context of a biblical foundation of thought or a Judeo-Christian worldview or a biblical worldview. So on every hand, we we, in one sense, we have an internal platform consciously and subconsciously, which consists of a set of beliefs. a lot a huge percentage of the set of beliefs that we have accepted over the years are falsehoods, our propaganda, our social engineering, our our mind control, our uh, hypnotic uh, or any other terms you you may want to use. We are products of scientific mind control. Now, God's Word tells us this from Genesis to Revelation, perhaps not using the vocabulary that's trendy in our particular time period, but God's Word reveals to us this entire scenario. He just uses words and vocabulary that was designed to be understandable for thousands of years. So it starts in Genesis it ends up in Revelation. So, for example, you're not going to find the word matrix in the Bible, but believe me, you will find evidence and uh, uh, an accurate description of things like the matrix in the Bible. It's just that it will be called—it won't be called the matrix, it will be called Mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon is a matrix, it's an occult matrix. Um, The Bible will not use the word specifically multi-dimensional reality, but the Bible is packed with truth and revelation about the verifiable existence of multidimensional reality, Ex- except the Bible uses terms like the invisible realm, the spiritual world, or what, what the, the Apostle Paul uses various terms in Ephesians chapter 6, when he says, "...for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers." the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. What are the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places? Heavenly places refers to the spiritual dimension, okay? So over and over again, the Bible will discuss in great detail, in great depth, the Bible will teach us about very advanced concepts, including multiple realities. Uh, interdimensional beings, the existence of, of a Lucifer and a God. The God God will teach us in, in the first three chapters in the book of Genesis, God will exhaustively teach us about the truths of um, biological reproduction, uh, the, the reality of different species, the biological call by God to be fruitful and multiply, and its consequent positive impact on our global and local economic systems. So the Bible is so far advanced from man's contemporary thinking, it's ridiculous. But but don't be misguided. Don't be a fool. Just because the Bible doesn't choose to use the trendy words of this particular moment, because it's always changing, God, in his usage of vocabulary, He's communicating to many different cultures, many different kinds of people over a span of thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So we read over and over again uh, in the Bible these highly advanced concepts in biology and genetics. It's obvious that God is thoroughly familiar with genetics and DNA and genetic engineering because he talks all about it, he just uses different uh, words. Uh, God is fully. uh, Uh, Integrated with uh, things like scalar technology, things like uh, uh, multidimensional reality of between 11 to 13 different dimensions, um, different theories in physics which encompass the understanding of multidimensional reality. So God is very advanced, and we should be too. So don't get hung up. You know, it's like when you were a kid and I were a, ki- a kid, depending upon how old you are or were or whatever, certain words were like the N words to use. Okay. Back then, when we were kids, if you tried to be, if you tried to make young people or a younger generation think that you were like really savvy or whatever by attempting to use these antiquated words that were cool when you were a kid they would laugh at you because the, the words don't have a, a lasting power. Now I'm not going to even embarrass myself by using some of the vo- vocabulary words, which were very much in vogue when I was a teenager, okay? Everybody used. But then they, they passed away, and they became old-fashioned, and these phrases and words became objects of ridicule if you use them today. So, for example, hippies used to use a term called far out. Then, even the hippies were embarrassed by the term "far out," and they made fun of it by developing a new term called "farm out." That's one thing no, but nobody would who da- would dare walk in a party or social situation and say something stupid like "far out." They'd laugh you out of the room, and so it is with many of our idioms and and expressions. They don't last, so God is not going to communicate enormous truth to us in vocabulary and idioms and verbal expressions that fade away as fast as you say them. And so God being infinite, he chooses words that have uh, a lasting power. And when we read the Bible, we see that the depth and width of God's understanding is truly infinite. And so we are as, as Christians who believe the Bible, our, our challenge is to believe and absorb and understand the great truths of the Bible, and, and here's where many Christians and Christian institutions fall short. They imperfectly grasp the truths of the Bible, but when it comes to actually applying those truths and making those truths relevant in our contemporary world, they drop the ball. And they fail to communicate biblical truth in a language that contemporary people understand. Okay, back to probably what we could term the primary stronghold, the primary mental block. The primary mental block that exists in the minds of just about everyone alive, Christian or, not, or non-Christian, is this. It's a failure to recognize that your thoughts are really not your own. Your thoughts, your ideas, and your beliefs about reality have been almost exclusively artificially created by scientific mind control, programming of your belief system, indoctrination, social engineering, the usage of politically correct terms, and so on and so forth. So when you went through the mind control factories of public education or private education or whatever, no matter how high or low your degree was, you absorbed like a sponge many ideas that have become rock solid in your inner man or woman. One of these primary belief systems that has become rock solid in your inner man or inner woman is this, this false belief about the ultimate nature of reality. We have been programmed and indoctrinated to believe that we are in this world by some kind of accident, some kind of random chance. There's no real plan or purpose for our lives or anybody else's lives. We're here by a genetic coincidence or a genetic accident. And so so we are constantly being pumped. They're pumping into our brain a continual flow of ideas which are designed to teach us that life is absurd. Life is meaningless. There there are no absolutes in the the sense of absolute right and absolute wrong. There is no infinite personal living God of the universe. There is only random chance, okay? So we we very quickly develop a worldview which is completely faulty and completely false. And this worldview then functions— as a very powerful mental block and a very powerful stronghold, which does not allow us to comprehend and understand the true nature of our reality properly. And by that I mean, our reality is the deliberate, strategic, intelligent creation and plan of the infinite personal living God of the universe. And as such, our existence, the very fact that we are here on Earth is evident of the fact that there is a plan, a mission, and a purpose for every one of our lives. None of us exist here on earth accidentally. So, as we follow the progression of these logical and rational thoughts, and we continue to walk along the pathway of logical, rational, and truthful thoughts, it should inevitably bring us to a place where we're no longer living in this illusory matrix. Oh, yeah, our reality has matrix like qualities. Our reality has virtual reality like qualities. Our reality has um, synthetic reality qualities. But when the day is done, our reality is infinitely the product of the infinite uh, personal living God of the universe. And He has a plan for every one of our lives. He knew every one of us before the world began. The Bible says God knew us before the foundation of the world began. That means God knew who you were, what your mission was to be, what your gifting was all about. God knew all about you and chose intentionally for you to be born in the earth for such a time as this. It's not—none of the process is accidental or chaotic which is what the faulty world system teaches you. This is not an accidental or faulty process. This is a process that is birthed from the omniscience of God along with his infinite wisdom and his infinite knowledge and his infinite comprehension into all things, because after all, he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, we have to intentionally and purpose in our hearts that we are not going to surrender our minds, our wills, our consciousness. We're not going to surrender our belief systems to some other entity, some other belief system that is always a belief system created out of lies, out of non-truths, out of systematic and intentional spiritual deception. We must never, we must actively resist with every ounce of spiritual power available to us that the Lord gives us, and with every ounce of knowledge that the Lord gives us from his word, because knowledge is power. Therefore, it is our primary responsibility as the inhabitants of this earth, as people who are simply, in a spiritual sense, we are sojourners in this earth, which means we are simply passing through this earth. We are simply traveling through this earth. This earth and this present world system is not our permanent home. Therefore, one of the primary commandments of God to us that we must receive, we must put our faith in, and we must act on is revealed to us in the beginning chapters of Genesis, where we see the serpent of old coming to tempt. First Eve and then Adam, and getting them to violate God's only commandment uh, to them, which is they were commanded by God not to eat of the fruit of the tree located in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And God warns Adam and Eve that if you do eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, in the day that you do that you shall surely die. Now that was a warning and it was a hundred percent true. The devil, who is the father of lies, Satan, who is the father of lies, tries to make the truth of God's word disappear. And first he lies to Eve, then he lies to Adam, and he tells Eve first, hey, he says, I'm I'm paraphrasing, God's lying to you. He knows, God knows, this is all a lie from Satan, God knows that the day you eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden you shall be as gods, or you shall become like God, knowing good and evil. And that, essentially, God is trying to cheat you, which is a lie. God is holding back from you, which is a lie. So he tempted them with a lie, and he lied to them about the consequences of what would happen if they ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. Okay, they they disobeyed God. They, They they, with intentionally with an act of their will they disobey God and in a nanosecond they the, the the fall of man occurs they are aware in a nanosecond of the experiential nature of the fall of man that is occurring in in the inner core of their beings because in the inner core of their beings in a nanosecond they can sense and they have a, a total knowing of The fact that they have now become fallen human beings. And this is activated by the awareness that they are now afraid. They have fear in their consciousness, which normally didn't exist. And when they were walking through the garden, they tried to hide from God in a vain attempt to hide from God their sin, which of course didn't work because God knows everything. And so they were filled with fear. They now experienced shame for the first time in their life. They, they had, for the first time in their lives, an awareness of the fact that they were naked and ashamed, and the death force began to instantly operate in their bodies, and they could feel themselves dying. They were now prey to sickness, disease, and death, and their lifespans, they would no longer be immortal beings, but they, that their lifespans were like on a digital counter. And only, only God knew how long they would be alive. So, so in that discussion with Lucifer and 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 the devil and the serpent of old, and in that entire environment of paradise in the Garden of Eden, when you study those chapters, God is revealing to you and me, it's kind of a micro picture of the giant picture between man and God, the fall of man. The redemption of man and the coming restoration of paradise and God's love for mankind despite their sin and the fact that God is willing to save men and women uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ if they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so right there in that in that historical literal account, which is both scientifically true, psychologically true, biologically true, and spiritually true, in that microcosm of Interaction and relationship between God, you have in a miniaturized form the entire story of this transitory world system, Satan, the father of lies, and the ultimate call of God on every one, man and woman to have eternal life and live with God in heaven in a brand new glorified body where God finally, for all eternity, undoes the entire curse and then they are allowed back into paradise again. Because God is love, they are allowed back into paradise again. Now, here we have to observe the fundamental radical difference between the biblical account in that microcosm story of Adam and Eve, eternal life, eating the forbidden fruit, the lies of Satan, the lies of uh, Lucifer, uh, the, the, the fact that the serpent of old... Is being used to to communicate this deception to Adam and Eve, the fall of man, and then finally the restoration of man. It's all power packed in, uh, just a few paragraphs, and then of course it's reiterated, expanded upon, and repeated throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So what does it tell us? It tells us that truth is truth. God is crying out to us right now from those passages of Scripture. God is crying out to you right now through those passages of Scripture. In fact, God Almighty is crying out to the, human, the entire human race through those passages of Scripture. God's approach and God's nature as our loving Heavenly Father, and not only that, the mystery, but the truthfulness and reality of God being the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God. Is love. He is agape love, which is the highest spiritual love that is totally selfless, totally giving. And the summary of God being love is the fact that God is willing to die and give up his own life through his son Jesus Christ in order for us to have eternal life. Now, when we compare and contrast this with the counterfeit salvation. Of transhumanism, the counterfeit heaven, the counterfeit paradise, the counterfeit Eden uh, created by the Global Reset, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the United Nations. We're looking at standing on a pathway in another dimension in which you and I and the entire human race is standing on this pathway in the invisible realm. And we are being confronted and being given a choice by the infinite living personal God of the universe to make a choice and to go down the the right road or the left road, because we have now eternally approached a fork in the road, and we have to choose which way is truth, which way is heaven, which way is eternal life, and which way is paradise which would be the right choice and the right road, or we can succumb to spiritual deception. We can be overcome by apostasy, the lies of the devil, the lies of the devil, the lies of Satan, or we can be captured by the lies of Satan and go down the wrong road. Going down the wrong road will lead to our permanent habitation of a cosmic prison located in another dimension that the Bible calls the lake of fire or hell, inhabited by Satan and Lucifer, the false prophet, the Antichrist, and all those who have chosen to accept the mark of the beast, whether it's a nanochip implant, whether it's a DNA implant, or whatever it is. If we choose to go down the wrong path, the path of the lie, we will. Be sentenced for all eternity into what I label as God's supermax prison, located in another dimension. And it has to be located in another dimension. And it has to be a supermax prison. Because if God was to allow any of the inhabitants of his supermax prison and the lake of fire to escape and infiltrate uh, the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem, then obviously. Heaven would not be secure, and heaven would not be heaven. He can't have the wicked and those who serve Satan. He cannot allow them in heaven. So we are in this time zone, and all of us, as well as the human race, face this choice. Now notice that when Arari of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and many of them who are uh, come from Nazi families, they're occultists, they're Satanists, Notice that when they approach mankind, when they approach nations, when they talk to us, notice that like their father, the devil, they are lying to us. So from beginning to end, their presentation and their promises to us are entirely based on lies. Okay? So when they promise us heaven on earth, a worker's paradise, you'll never own anything, but you'll never be happier in your life. We're going to give you paradise on earth. All your needs will be taken care of, and so on and so forth. The same antichrist, satanist lies that the communists promised their people in China and Russia, the Marxists promised their people, Hitler promised his people, and all of those things turned out to be horrific lies. And the people discovered quite abruptly that they were totally and violently betrayed. And but but it was their own fault because they did not look before they jumped. They did not examine. They did not verify the promises. They just allowed themselves to drop their guard. They allowed themselves to be sucker-punched by satanic and Luciferian lies, which not only imprisoned them, but hundreds of millions of people were sent to the gas chambers, the concentration camps, the ovens, or they were shot to death in mass massacres in China and Russia, or they were sent to farm farms that could not produce food. And so they experienced mass starvation along with the people in those nations who also experienced mass starvation. In other words, what I'm telling you is that if they had bothered to study the truth, which is what God is calling his people to do now, which is what you are being called to do now, if God's people will respond even at this late hour To acquiring the truth of history, to acquiring the truth and understanding the truth of what is being offered to you, and understanding that when you really think about it and pray about it, what you're being offered by the the Great Reset and similar modalities, what you're being offered is a series of lies. That if you walk down the path of the lies, you are literally simultaneously. Selling your soul to Satan and the powers of darkness, and the cascade of negative emotions that will follow. The the oh, being overswept, but with the most powerful currents of demonic and spiritual darkness, which rush rushes in to fill the vacuums and empty spaces of your soul, which you primarily tried to fill with, let's say, computer games and drugs or whatever they didn't satisfy what the world offers all of the toys that the world offers you under the mystery babylon system will never fully satisfy they will lead you bleeding and hungry and aching agonizing emptiness as you understand that everything the devil promises you simply deposits An infinite vacuum of nothingness in your soul that causes a physical, existential, and spiritual pain that is known as eternal agony. Eternal agony, which is the exact linguistic definition of what it's like to live eternally in hell with Satan. It is described precisely and with great accuracy in the Bible as living in eternal agony. Please understand that hell, when people say stupid things like, I, I, I would prefer to go hell to hell because that's where, where all my friends are, pray for them. They have no idea what they're talking about. Pray for them. They have no idea what they're talking about. Hell is not going to be a party with their friends. Hell is described in, in, in the Bible as the lake of fire. And it's an experience of eternal agony. That agony is beyond the Richter scale. It's beyond anything that we can imagine or think. And do not think vainly for one moment that the lake of fire or hell or eternal agony is evidence of God being a cruel God, God being a mean God. Nothing could be further, than, nothing could be further from the truth. The reality of the fact that some people are such reprobates, are in such rebellion, antichrist rebellion against God who is love. That reality and the necessity to sentence those people into the lake of fire or hell or God's supermax prison where they'll experience eternal agony. That, in no way, shape, or form, is evidence that God is a cruel and hateful and unfair God. No, not at all. You have to understand what is at stake eternally and god because he is love has done everything that only god could do over thousands and thousands of years god has done everything that he could possibly do in so much as he even sent his only begotten son to die personally for us in eternal agony christ was crucified on a cross in agony so that he could die for and pay for our sins, which would allow us entrance into heaven, which would allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us of all sin. God in no way, shape, or form is even remotely cruel. So you need to really read the Scripture and think through logically, rationally, and analytically your thoughts. And if you're coming up with this ridiculous, and it is ridiculous, this ridiculous notion that God is cruel, then you better look at your equation, because it is impossible for God to be cruel. Why? Because God, by his very nature, is pure love. God is agape love. God is the highest form of love that there is in the universe, demonstrated by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is, it is, spiritually, it is spiritually impossible for God to be cruel. In fact, the opposite is, tr- is true. There is no being like the Supreme Being, God Almighty, who is who is at such a high state of infinite, perfect love. There is no creature, there is no being like the Supreme Being in the entire universe, in the entirety of creation, that expresses the eternal and infinite nature of pure love greater than God does. Okay? So that that's a slam dunk answered. So we choose the path that we walk on by the grace of God. And we recognize that while we're here on earth, each one of us has been given a mission and an assignment because God knew us before the foundation of the world. And our job is to step by step with childlike faith, put our trust in God, put our faith in God, and walk in the supernatural power of God, walk in the wisdom of God, And in that way, and it's only in that way, we can receive the spiritual power that will enable us to fulfill our specific divine mission. It will enable us to save souls. It will enable us to do what God created us to do, to do what God gifted us to do when He knew us before the foundation of the world, and He chose us outside of the dimensions of space and time to be here on the earth for such a time as this, so you and I can run the race with victory, because God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon us. And on that note, a note of rejoicing, a note of hope, a note of victory, and a note of the goodness of God, and finally, a note of the truthfulness that it is God alone and the children of God, all those who have been born again and put their faith in Jesus Christ. It is on that truthfulness of receiving eternal life by faith and becoming the sons and daughters of God as eternal beings, it is on that note that we can express the joy of the Spirit of God, and we can have a sense of being awakened by the purity, the power, and the glory of the Holy Spirit. And to the degree that we walk step by step in faith, receiving the glory and the purity of the Holy Spirit, is to the degree we will express the love of God into the hearts and minds and lives of others, and thus bring in what it means by a last day's soul harvest and a last day's biblical revival. Obviously, these are contingent upon whether our repentance and our obedience is genuine. I need you to stand with me in this great spiritual battle. You and I were called to be here for such a time as this. I need you to simply ask God, Lord, how much would you have me donate or contribute to Paul McGuire Ministries or Paradise Mountain Church? Whatever God tells you to do, obey Him. Then I need you to be an intercessory prayer warrior for me, my family, and everybody involved in this ministry. And finally, I need you to stand with me in practical ways to fight against the rigging. And endless attacks on the internet and other places. Together, if we will move together, we can turn the tide of the spiritual battle. Do not surrender to a non biblical and false uh, interpretation of the Bible where you come up with the erroneous theological conclusion that God has called us for defeat, that God has called us to be conquered, that God has called us to be captives. That is not true. God called us. To be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So then, let's get about it and let's be busy faithfully doing and completing our Father's business. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMcGuire.us.